now. And now. From Greater Santon and beyond. Get ready for the Santon Times Hour. With your host, Alexander. That's it. It's the Santon Times Hour on Mix 93.8 FM and as always available as a podcast on Apple, Google and Spotify. I'm Alexander Leibner. This is edition 96, week 50, and we're well into December 2022. If you want to email us, you can email editor at santantimes.co.za or check us out on social media at santantimes or visit the website www.santantimes.co.za. And as always, feel free to send your questions, your comments, your feedback. You're part of the conversation and you're part of the Santon Times Our Nation. Thank you for making the time to listen wherever you are in South Africa, in Gauteng, in the world. I'm happy to report that all is well in Santon land. I'm joined by my uh, trusty left hand, Vincenzo. Good to uh, have you for another week. It's almost over. Another year is almost over and we've been doing this for uh, a couple of uh, months now on Mix 93.8 FM, which has been fantastic. It's been great to have uh, that audience, you, join us as part of this journey. And if you're listening live on Mix, don't forget you can uh, WhatsApp us. The WhatsApp line is open. And if you're listening to this delayed, well, you can choose one of the many social media platforms or even the email address. Get in touch, share your thoughts, share your feedback. It's been another busy week. I thought we were ready to retire, ready to uh, wind down for the year, but it just feels like uh, things ramped up one more time. The JQC, the Johannesburg Queer Chorus, well, they had their Starry Sky performance uh, this past week. And let me tell you, it was wonderful, fantastic performance, apart from the uh, load shedding halfway through the event, <laughs> which they had planned for. I must say they, they were very good at that. And then you know how the ESCOM schedule is going at the moment, whatever stage we're on right now, because, I mean, it seems to be changing every hour. The stage started late. So... They were planning for it to go off, I think it was at 6 o'clock, and ended up going off at 7, so good for them. They got an extra hour of power, and the audience got an extra bit of uh, air conditioning, or fans, uh, because it, would have, it, it got really hot after the, the power went off. But it was wonderful. It was really great. And they are preparing to go to Italy next year. Then, uh, yeah, watch the FIFA World Cup on Friday night uh, with some of the members of Qatar Airways. They host a little uh, do in uh, Santon at the Radisson Blue just to uh, get a couple of people together and watch, the, uh, I think it was the Ghana. Ghana was playing somebody. So that was quite fun. And then, uh, gee, another great launch uh, a bit late in the year, but uh, I think it's in anticipation of what is to come early next year, which was the Maserati Grecale. Grecale, Vincenzo, is that how it's pronounced? Grecale. Close. Well, Maserati launched their new hybrid SUV and beautiful car. The actual orders are coming in, I think it's February next year, so we'll get a, a closer look at that, but they had a, a taster of what is to come with Maserati Grecale at launch in Bryanston. I bumped into uh, Derek Watts, Vincenzo. Remember him? We interviewed him about the Castle Light ad, and he was saying that uh, he's getting more recognition now for Castle Light, more people recognizing him in airports than uh, the, I don't know how many years he's been doing investigative journalism, but it just goes to show, hey? What a, a light beer can do for you. But uh, yeah, great to see uh, Derek. Always such a, a great guy to bump into and to chat. Then Just Teddy opened in Nelson Mandela Square. Just Teddy, you might know from Hyde Park Corner. They've got that sort of very spring in Paris look going. And they've now opened a store in Nelson Mandela Square. Totally different vibe. 
they had sort of a Dubai theme going now at Nelson Mandela Square. And they had some fantastic performances, some entertainment. They had these dancers. I thought this was actually quite functional entertainment. They had dancers that were doing sort of a Middle Eastern belly dance. But they had sort of a, a candelabra on their heads with candles uh, that were lit. So they were dancing, balancing uh, a candelabra on their head. And I thought, you know what, this is... This is functional stuff. At least if the power goes off now, not only do we have entertainment, but we also have light. So I don't know, maybe Eskom should look into this as a sort of a PR move. Uh, if you knew that every time the power went off, there would be entertainment that was balancing candles on their head, then, you know, it sort of ticks two boxes and people might feel a little bit more, a little bit better about it. Uh, I know I certainly am not feeling very chuffed about the way this load shedding is going, but anyway, let's just keep that for another day. Then I participated in a showcase of uh, professional speakers and moderators um, at an event in the United States. I was here. It was all virtual, but it was great to connect with uh, some people in the United States uh, to talk about some opportunities there. Coming up on this week's episode, they're one of the best known bands internationally and they are heading to South Africa. I'll be catching up with their lead singer and guitarist in a few minutes. Then it's our regular catch up on billionaires on the continent. But this week, you'll be getting an exclusive preview of a hot new book coming out in 2023 on BEE Billionaires. It's a worldwide first interview, so don't miss that. Next, it's our check-in on the Qatar World Cup as we move into the round of 16. And finally, the festive season is here, and I'll run through a few festive notes and tips of where you can go and what to do in Greater Santon, and uh, all of this and more coming up. But uh, your headlines for the week are up shortly. So, Vincenzo, I think uh, we've retired our regular playlist uh, to make way for a couple of holiday-inspired tracks. Let's really get into the Christmas season. Let's go with a little bit of, uh, what do we think, Mariah? Follow the Santon Times on social media. At Santon Times. You're listening to the Santon Times Hour on Mix 93.8 FM. That was Mariah Carey with All I Want for Christmas is You, the magical Christmas mix. Don't know how that differs from the other ones, but uh, yeah, get ready. We're going to be lathering in Christmas spirit over the next few weeks on this show. So uh, enjoy Christmas. But talking about All I Want for Christmas, I wouldn't mind that Home Alone Lego set. Have you seen that? So if there's any philanthropist out there, if you've got some uh, spare runs. That Home Alone Christmas set, I'd enjoy, I'd enjoy building that. It's such a great movie, Home Alone. It's such a uh, Christmassy movie. Hey? Well, what's Christmas without watching Home Alone from, what is it, 94, 92? Gosh, it's almost 30 years ago. But such a great watch still. Anyway, it's time to take a look at your headlines for this week. Fourteen people dead following a flash flood. This is also just horrible. Search and Rescue are continuing their search for what seems to be a group of churchgoers who had been part of a baptism ceremony in a river in Greater Santon when they were caught by a flash flood and swept away. And that's the thing with the rivers at the moment. You know, there could be a storm happening somewhere upstream. And before you know it, that water moves at such a speed. And you could be downstream minding your own business and suddenly this, this flood just comes and, and before you know it, it it's, it's taken you away. And water's unbelievably powerful. So search and rescue still looking for uh, some of the people that were involved in this, uh, in this church service. And uh, yeah, our hearts go out to the families who've lost loved ones, especially just before Christmas, which is just absolutely horrible. Then there's a new 1 billion rand luxury mall in South Africa that is looking to rival the likes of Santon. 
And uh, Business Insider reports uh, the new Oceans Mall in Umschlange is made up of the Radisson Blue Hotel, Oceans Mall, and Oceans Apartments. I don't know if you've seen this yet. It opened its doors in November and uh, has a 97% occupancy already. And the next phase, which includes the Platinum Walk Luxury Retail, boy, I had to, they had to really think about that one. <laughs> Considering Santa City's got the Diamond Walk, here comes the Platinum Walk. Uh, well, that will be opening in 2023. And uh, the tenants there include iconic brands like dun, 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 Dolce & Gabbana, Burberry, Versace, Jimmy Choo, Michael Kors, Hugo Boss, and Emporio Armani, amongst others. So let's see uh, if that will become the Santon of the East Coast. Then the DA is calling for early elections. This is amid the fallout from the Parla Parla saga. Are you happy to wait till 2024? Uh, what are your thoughts? Uh, you want to make your voice heard a little bit earlier uh, about the state we are in at the moment? I mean, you know, do we do we let this go on for another what year and a half, or do we just say, listen, you know what? Let's just get this out of the way. Let's vote next year and see what happens. I mean, you know, the big question is: Is something going to change? Are you ready to change things, or is it going to be same, same but different? Well, it's going to be a hot week in Parliament this week, let me tell you. We're going to keep our eyes on uh, on that stream. Let's leave it right there with the headlines for this week. Joining me next is smoky lead singer and guitarist Pete Lincoln, right after the break. You're listening to the Santon Times Hour. From Greater Santon to the rest of the world, this is the Santon Times Hour. So Santon Times Hour on Mix 93.8 FM and also available on all good podcasts wherever you are in the world. And uh, we kick off this week's uh, show with a really great interview. I'm really looking forward to this also because I've uh, got some skin in the game. I've got some tickets to the concert. I'm taking a couple of people along and uh, I think it's going to be an absolute, uh, I was going to say smoking one, but I mean that just feels like very sort of like cliche to say that. Pete Lincoln, lead singer and guitarist of Smokey, joining us on the Santon Times Hour. It's a pleasure to be here. Pete, you are the most recent member of the band. I mean, you just joined, what was it, April 2021? Yeah, yeah, I know. I've known the band since the early 90s. We've been friends for a long time. First shared a, a, a touring platform with them in, uh, in, on a European tour when I was part of Shaken Stevens' band when I was just a youngster. And uh, we've been firm friends ever since. During lockdown, Mike Kraft, the previous singer, decided to hang up his boots and uh, seek out pastures green in retirement. So they just needed to find someone stupid enough to, to say yes and uh, <laughs> continue <laughs> carrying the torch. So my name was the first one out of the hat, and uh, I said yes, and here I am. It's a pleasure to be part of it all. Well, it's a tremendous position. I mean, you're the lead singer and guitarist for, for Smokey <laughs> now. Isn't it a little bit daunting to take on a role like this for a band that is so iconic, that has literally stood the test of time over so many decades? Of course it, of course it is. But, you know, if you... Uh, I think you just have to approach the thing with the reverence and the respect that, the, that it deserves. It's a, there's a massive catalogue of great songs to, to learn, to get on board. And obviously, at my age, it takes a little while to punch that information into your head, you know, to get all those lyrics in and <laughs> make to the point where it's a seamless, a seamless uh, performance. Um, but we're, we're some 50 or 60 shows down the line now. It's, it's, it's been a blast so far. As I said before, we've been friends for years, so... It was wasn't a kind of case of having to learn about each other and feel your way. You know that was all that kind of was already in place. That was a given. 
yeah, I think you've just got to put the right head on and, and approach it. Obviously, there are always going to be people who say, oh, well, it's not like it was before, or they blah, 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 blah. But, you know, whatever. Nobody's holding a gun to anyone's head to make them come and see a show. You know, it's a great show. It's, it's, it's performed with a lot of respect, a lot of fun. And uh, we, have, we have a great time. So far, the reaction has been great, really, from the fans all around the world. They've been, they've been absolutely delightful uh, and, and most welcoming for me. Well, I mean, the, the band itself, Smokey as a brand, the catalogue of songs, it's, yeah. it's almost become bigger than the individuals. I mean, it's, it's, it's well, going to carry yeah. on for eternity, it almost feels like it. Yes, exactly, yeah. And it, and it, and it, is, it is a brand thing, and it, it's, a, it's an identity. It's, it, it's a, an energy force, if you like, all of its own. And it's not about one individual, as we've all said. As long as there's an appetite for the music, there's a reason for Smokey to keep going, and and and, and Smokey will keep going. Now you've you've had some real uh, successful tours in South Africa before. I mean, it seems like you've got quite a fan base in South yeah. Africa. Are you are you feeling sort of similar love now coming out of COVID again, having not seen you for a long time? That people are are, are yeah. really excited to see the band. Yes, I think so. I, I, I do do feel that. Obviously, the world's playing catch up with events that should have taken place some time ago, and that is continuing to be the case. And there are. There is a little reticence in some areas of people who, who who are still cautious, you know, COVID cautious, as it were. But overall, people are just the relief and release for people to be able to have that shared experience of of live music in an in an auditorium, whether it be a small theatre or a large arena. It seems it's it's a huge appetite for that, and uh, it's great to be part of it. It's great to be one of the you know delivering that to people again. You know, um, it's exciting. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm thrilled we're not we're doing all of this without masks because it's very difficult to sing along at a oh concert my. when you when you're restrained and restricted. Yeah. But Pete, I mean, you've done you've said now 50, 60 concerts so far. I mean, what's the response been like? Uh, what kind of songs are you performing oh. on this tour? Well, it, it's a bit of a cliche, but it, it does what it says on the tin. You know, it's like a stick of rock, Smoky, isn't it? It has to the set list writes itself more or less because why are you going to a Smoky show? Well, I want to hear these songs. I want to hear them performed with with a, a reverence and a passion and a sense of humour by some guys who love what they're doing. And that's what they get. So, I mean, it, it, there's no there's no smoke and mirrors. There's no big surprises. Uh, it, 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 it is what it is. And, and uh, the, the passion for it out there seems to be... The audiences so far have blown me away, to be honest. They've been so... We've played uh, Iceland. We've played... Uh, obviously, Smokey are very popular in Scandinavia, so we played in Denmark, Norway, and Sweden a lot. We play... In Austria and Germany, we played in Iceland, we played in Slovenia, we played in Poland. And the audiences everywhere have just been, just blown me away. Fantastic. And the age range of people as well is just something that's really impressed me as the, as the, as the new boy, you know, because it's like um, the, all these young, all these people who, who are young enough to be my offspring and younger uh, know all the words to the songs, you know, which is how cool is that, you know? So it, it's, uh, it's a pleasure, really, really, ple- absolute pleasure to do it. I mean, I also thought, thought, found it quite remarkable, the success of the band in regions where English is not necessarily a first language. I mean, things yeah, where you've been in the yeah. top five in the charts and, and it's not even a language that most people speak. No, no. Well, historically, the band have played some, the band have played some pretty interesting territories. They've been to Korea, they've been to China, they've been to India. Obviously, uh, used to tour in Russia quite a lot, but I think it's, I guess it's going to be, uh, you know, a long time, if ever, but before that happens again. But uh, but nonetheless, you know what you know what I mean. It's uh, and uh, like you said, like you say, in Poland and 
some of the Eastern European countries as well. Yeah, it's fascinating. It's a fascinating phenomenon. Long well, may it continue. <laughs> long may it continue indeed, and, and long may you be in good health to to be able to go across the world, which is, I mean, is an, yeah. an athletic feat on its own, and then have to sing on well, stage. It is, it is, but, you know, it's a mindset as well, traveling around. People say, how do you put up with the traveling? And I think, well, you know, you just kind of, You've got your stuff. You've got your, your in ears, and you've got your iPad, and you've got your movies, and you've got your this, and you've got your that, and it's just a mindset. You've just got to. It's easy if you know how. It's one of those things. It, it, most people only get to travel once or twice a year, you know, unless they're businessmen traveling for business. But we're traveling every week, all the time, and it's it's just a it's a mindset thing, and it's it's fun for the most part. You meet some great people, you know. People are great mostly. Let's face it, you know. So. <laughs> amazing, amazing. If it's December, it must be South Africa. Well, talking about that, let's have a quick look at uh, what people can look forward to. You're performing uh, at Carnival City in uh, in Gauteng or in Johannesburg, I suppose. Yeah. And uh, just to remind people that, that the 17th is sold out, but Sunday the 18th is still yeah. uh, available. You're also performing in Pretoria at the Times Square uh, Arena, and you're also in Cape Town at the Grand Way. So listen, plenty of opportunities to see you. But like I say, yeah, tickets I are going fast. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, I'm delighted we put in the extra show because obviously the first, the first uh, big top show sold out, and uh, we've got we've got the 18th now as well. So please come and see us. So you're going to have a great time. Well, there you have it. Pete Lincoln, lead singer and guitarist of Smokey, joining us there on the Santon Times Hour, and it's the bottom of the hour. And talking about Smokey, it's time for a quick musical break, and we'll be right back after this. The Santon Times Hour continues. You're listening to the Santon Times Hour on Mix 93.8 FM with Smokey and When a Child is Born. Taking you to the second half of the Santon Times Hour, my name is Alexander Leibner. And you know how all of this works. If there's something you heard on the show, something you liked, and you didn't get all the details, you get a chance to write them down, go visit the website www.santontimes.co.za. Go visit the show notes. And all the details will be up there for you. So you don't have to worry about missing anything. You can always go on there and always go back into old shows as well if you're listening to this as a podcast and get those details. And you can also check out the social media accounts at Santon Times and feel free to engage and uh, send through a message. And you can always use the hashtag Santon Times Hour. Now, as we do every single month, we catch up with Chris Bishop, journalist and founding editor of Billionaire Tomorrow. And we're going to do it one more time for 2022. And then the year is up. And then we try it all again in 2023. So, Chris, it's great to have you on again it's good to chat to you again yeah it was good to talk to you alex so chris you've got a bit of a christmas present for us this month uh, normally we always talk about uh, some of the stories you've done with african billionaires but you've got an exclusive for us on the santon times hour on mix 93.8 fm you're releasing a book yeah taste of my new book yeah it's called the bee billionaires and it's published by uh, penguin random house next month which will be uh the end of January, and uh, when they came to me about, because I wrote that book, Africa's Billionaires, also by Penguin, when they came to me about a year and a half ago, they said, oh, we want you to do the same sort of thing, but just with people who made their money through BE. So I went away and thought about it and looked at it, and I thought, well, there's a much richer story there behind this thing. Is it working? It was in nearly 20 years since the country's been doing it now. There's been so many stories there. A lot of people have made money out of black economic empowerment, but so also, what's happening for the people? Is the money trickling down to the masses? Is it working? Is it being organized properly? Is it being executed? And I think 
the answer to pretty much all of those questions is not really. And even interesting in the book, or we can talk about the personalities, which to me is the selling point of the book, but even the people who made millions out of it still say, well, actually, it's not quite doing its job. Ordinary people on the ground are uh, not getting what they what they want out of it. And there's lots of little stories that, that actually in there. That I, I, I've been writing about BE probably about 20 odd years. You know, I didn't even know existed. So um, it's going to be an interesting reason, be a controversial one. I thought when I started, like, I'm putting my arm in the fire here because, you know, you never know, you're never wrong with this subject. Everyone's got an opinion. Everyone knows the right thing. But what I wanted to do, and I'll just say before we talk about the personalities, I wanted to get to actually people who work with it day to day. I didn't want to use so many analysts and academics. There are some in there, but mainly it's the people who actually have to work with it and the people who administer it the people who actually have to deal with it day in day out and i thought that would give me the best picture i thought but it's certainly going to be a fascinating read well let's get into it tell us a little bit more who are some of the characters that we get to meet in this book the be billionaires okay well one of the main ones is uh the great gatsby of south africa as i've called him the great gatsby be uh sandy lizungu as you know, he was um, on the Black Business Council. For me, he's quite a, he's a leading proponent. Interesting. I mean, all of these guys went right back to the beginning. Uh, and this guy, Sandy Lizungu, I mean, he he's a sort of technical, was always a technical guy when he was growing up. And he went into all kinds of competitions. Basically, he made a fortune on the Capitech deal. Very shrewd, very, you lost money on other deals as well. But the Capitech deal, you know, a bank that saw banking when, uh, you know, opening on Sundays when no other bank saw it, lending unsecured loans. And he made an absolute fortune off that. But but he says it, it's helped people like him. He thinks people like him would still be there, up there making money no matter what happened with the freedom of, of the new South Africa. But basically, he thinks it's not going far enough. He thinks, and which a lot of people do, that the status quo still carries on very much in South Africa, that it's the, the economy is held in too few hands and whichever way you want to call it, largely rich sort of white people who are um, holding sway. And he thinks that um, this generation needs to push hard. We, um, th- there's him, there's um, even people like Mteto Nyati. I didn't know, actually, and perhaps I should have read his book, but I didn't know that he was a underground operative from Conte Vecizu. I didn't know that in his previous life. And we always see him now as a CEO. And he was telling me that... Um, when he had to, as part of the underground, he had to shelter guerrilla fighters as they moved in and out of Lesotho and Swaziland, these places. And they'd come to his house for shelter and they'd have grenades and guns. And he said a bunch of them just pitched up unannounced in his house one day. And his mother, and they were sitting there waiting for him. He was coming in from college. And his mother looked at him and said, who are these people? <laughs> it's all right. And, he, and they demand to be taken out and parties. And he said, one night, they got home from a fairly sort of boozy party, and one of the guerrilla fighters said, um, "Osh, I've lost one of my grenades." What? So they all went back to the party, into outside the house, going through the grass, looking for this grenade. They never ever found it. So that oh, wow. grenade is still there somewhere, you know. But again, he's got this. The, he thinks that the equity side of BEE should be maintained, whereby you put more and more talented young uh, black people into positions. But he thinks the ownership side is not good, which a lot of people, even people who made a fortune out of this thing, they believe it. Because essentially, they say, okay, 
it's okay, you give us a slice of your company, but you don't give us a slice of your company and say, right, there you are. Thank you very much. Bye. We'll see you at the board meeting next year, which is a lot of people complain. That's actually what's happening. Mm. And uh, even though they are getting money and a slice of the pie, they're still like, oh, well, we're only doing this because we have to. And um, you go and sit over there and that's it. So almost to a person. And everyone says that um, it's um, basically needs to be reviewed. It needs to be overhauled. And I'm going through it. I can only agree on that one. Did you have anybody who refused to speak to you about this? Well, funny enough, actually, somebody very, very high who who worked with the, the president many, many years ago. Um, I can't say their name. They sort of said, like, oh, well, does the president know you're doing this? And they were like, what's it got to do with him? You know what I mean? I mean, we're doing this thing. Oh, I don't know. A lot of people fought shy of it because a lot of people, you know, it's the oldest story in reporting on millionaires and billionaires is the fact that they think that people send them begging letters and 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 even some people have talked to me about, oh, you know, they're worried about being kidnapped. I don't know if things are that bad yet. But yeah, yeah some people, and uh, some people were not interested, but I was surprised actually the amount of people who were forthcoming, including the BE commissioner, uh, Zodwan Tuli. I mean, she did a full interview with us, told us the whole lot, you know, told us that nobody has been done for fronting in all the years. It carries a prison sentence and like 10% of your turnover or something like that. Not one person has been fully prosecuted through the system. They say they're working under budget, like with 20% less of the staff they need. I mean, she's on a hiding to nothing, really, to try to get people to comply. It must be very, very difficult. And she spoke quite openly about it, that actually she thought that things were regressing. She was. I mean, you know, which is not a nice thing to hear if um, if you're trying to open this thing or work. But um, yeah, I mean, we and we spoke to lawyers who make uh, quite a lot of money out of it. I mean, that's the other thing as well about BE deals: lawyers, consultants, bankers. They make a lot of money out of financing these deals. But whether the people on the ground make money off it or get something out of it, it even I mean, I think Ipiling Makari, you know, the the wife of Gibbon Makari, there, yeah. um, she's the property mogul. Interesting. She started out, as she freely admits, as a front, unwittingly, for some uh, white-owned company about 27 years ago. She was used for a year, and she only just realised when she pitched up at the board meeting, and there was a gardener there, and there was a <laughs> sort of one of the domestic workers, and she didn't realise that she'd never looked, and so she left the company, and they said, "Oh, you'll never get anywhere." But luckily. Through uh, the Marriott deal, she made like, well, she details how she made her money off that. She made a fortune. But I think what she said, which really stuck with me, she said, is this really changing the lives of the majority of South Africans? Uh, she, she didn't think so. And she said, I will never forget her words. She said, I think that is an indictment on us all, which to me, like, sums up the, the the mood of the book really but yeah but certainly it's uh there's a lot of interesting uh stories in there from right across the sector mining green energy you name it um a lot of people spoke to me well chris it sounds like a fascinating book and uh definitely something that people want to pick up in january 2023 you've just gotten an exclusive uh preview you heard it here first if you uh get, see this book next year you know that you heard it here in december it's the be billionaires by uh, chris bishop uh, there's a foreword by Nene, our former finance minister he's uh, put in a foreword there which is fantastic chris and a uh, feather in your cap as well for doing such a great job and chris listen thanks so much for 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 being part of the show for the last uh for the last couple of months and I look forward to doing this again with you in the new year. Yeah, um, just an interview also with President Sir Ramaphosa. 
Ah, a worthwhile mention. There's another another massive one. A man who's also sitting on a knife edge, and I think it's going to be a fascinating read. So, Chris, I wish you all the best for uh, for the festive season and uh, and all the best for the new year. And you, Alex, I'll speak to you in the new year. You're listening to the Santon Times Hour. Right, uh, the Qatar FIFA World Cup is still underway, and we, we started chatting about two weeks ago about uh, the first part of the World Cup with Jeff Grinding. He joins me again for an update as we move into the round of 16 at the World Cup. But before we get into the round of 16, Jeff, it's been the most bizarre World Cup in so many ways. Has it, has it not been the craziest, the craziest event that has happened in a long time, yeah? Uh, Jeff, I mean, there's teams that we thought would have already been out long ago, pulling off performances on the field, which are just absolutely incredible. And then teams that are hot favorites that have been stalwarts of the World Cup that are out of the game, that are not even that are not even getting into the round of 16. Well, you're 100% right. Yeah, it certainly has been a, it's been a tournament of upsets. And, uh, and some of the real big name players that we expected to make an impact are already booking flights home. So it's, uh, it's interesting and it's been... It's been fascinating, I think, for the sport, and it has been a very exciting tournament for the growth of the sport in some of the, the minor regions that FIFA cover. So it's been exciting in a lot of ways, and I think the excitement will continue on into the knockout stages. Well, Jeff, last time you were on and you and I chatted, I know our WhatsApp line went hot and people were hot under the collar and already excited and the World Cup hadn't even really properly kicked off. I'm sure this chat is also going to get a lot of people heated. But one of the big conversation points around kind of what we've seen so far in the field is how it could have come to this. Like, how did we get to this point where certain teams that are normally such top performing teams are not performing and has it got to do with the fact that we're playing this World Cup at a different time of the year and it's mixed with the Premier League timetable? Is it that some of these teams haven't had enough time to play together and that they are, you know, a little bit rusty in terms of, you know, World Cup performance? I mean, there's just so many different possibilities as to why these teams or certain teams are not delivering and other teams are just excelling. What you've, uh, what you've said is just added to a, to a melting pot. I think some other factors... The heat in Qatar is certainly a, a massive factor. The timing of the World Cup is a massive factor. We've seen some teams coming in on two weeks together and some teams that have been practicing for three months together. And we're certainly seeing those results showing up. A great example of that is like the, the Saudi Arabia-Argentina game. Saudi Arabia had plenty of preparation time to come into that game. Argentina very little and the results spoke for itself there. So certainly we have seen a, a lot of interesting interesting situations coming out in this World Cup and I think uh, I think it certainly has a lot to do with the timing as well as the weather in Qatar. It's, uh, it's really had an effect on especially the big teams that are players playing in the biggest leagues in the world, yeah. Well, I mean, one thing that I also found notable this, this World Cup round is the fact that we had quite a few games where the outcome of the actual game that was being played had absolutely no impact unless the other game that was sort of part of that same group had a particular outcome. So, you know, you had the the Uruguay game, you had the Germany game where they could have won or lost. It didn't make a difference because both teams were out depending on what the other two teams in that group, what the result was going to be, which I thought was soul-destroying. I mean, you almost were basically just left in terms of hoping that the other the other game would have a favorable outcome, you know, in in your in your particular game. It was just so bizarre. No, you're absolutely right. And I don't I don't recall in living memory a World Cup where so many teams came down to the final game in the group in order to decide their fate. I believe that it was just Portugal, Brazil and France that had got through after two games, which is 
which is almost unheard of. So certainly a lot of the a lot of the groups came down to the wire, and a lot of the the fate was not in their hands. I mean, people like Germany, as you as you said, they win their game but still go home, and that is uh, that is heartbreaking in a lot of ways. But it's exciting for the minnows that are making waves and are making an impact in this World Cup, and I think it's exciting for the game to really have that that crowd and that fevered pitch on the last round of the group. Yeah. Well, let, let's talk about those. I mean, like we're seeing Japan in the round of 16. We've got Switzerland, which, yeah, at the best of times, hasn't been the greatest soccer team in the world. They're in the round of 16. South Korea is a, is a name that we weren't expecting to see in the round of 16. But also then you've got the likes of Brazil, uh, Portugal, these sort of hot favorites are still in the game. Do you, do you think we could get to a point where we're going to see sort of a South Korea-Croatia final or are the, the big teams still going to pull through to the final game and it's going to be one of those heavy hitter uh, finals uh, late on in December? Well, Alex, if I had to, uh, if I had to put my neck out there in, uh, and in fear of being hopelessly embarrassed, I think we are going to see the top teams and certainly those high-ranking teams um, really start to show their dominance and, uh, and move on. So I think the round of 16 is really where we're going to see the last gasp from some of the likes of the of South Korea, Morocco, Senegal, those sorts of teams. I think we are going to see them eliminated, um, and I expect by the quarterfinals there will be very few, very few lower ranked teams in the reckoning. I think the cream will rise to the top as we move into the knockout stages now. Yeah, well, listen, I mean, that's half the fun about talking about sport, right, and talking about football is the fact that uh, we can put out a bit of a uh, an educated guess and hope for the best. But like I say, this World Cup has been one of those of surprises. So it could be complete, go completely the other way. And uh, Jeff, you and I could be sitting around uh, a TV and a drink and uh, watching a game that we weren't expecting to watch <laughs> at all in the next couple of weeks. Well, there's no, there's no doubt about that. And isn't that the beauty of sport, yeah? Absolutely, yeah. So, Jeff, I mean, in terms of in terms of the performance of some of these teams, how they got into the round of of sixteen, is there anything that stands out for you in, in any particular way? Well, yeah, two two things in particular. The first one is the the strength of the African contingent, which has really been dominant. Um, I mean, Cameroon just just failed to qualify. Morocco topped their group, a group that contained Belgium, um, which is a massive massive step. Senegal, of course, got through their group. So I think we're seeing a great African charge coming through. Unfortunately, they are being pitted against the likes of England and Spain now. So I don't expect Africa to move on to the quarterfinals. But another step and another region that has really made great strides is Asia. Um, having more teams in the knockout stages than even South America, which is, which is just a remarkable statistic. Because obviously Australia considered to be an Asian in the Asian region, as well as Japan and South Korea getting through. So that has been a, a massive step and those smaller FIFA regions this World Cup. So, yeah, I'm expecting a, a really exciting knockout stage. Well, we've also got Morocco representing uh, Africa in uh, in this round of 16 as well. And we're keen to see how that goes. Uh, I mean, I was interviewed, uh, when was it, this past week at one of the viewings uh, by one of the news channels asking me about, you know, sort of what my thoughts were on some of the African teams and, you know, is the fact that there's you know so many African teams doing so well at the World Cup, has it got something to do with uh, football in Africa doing so well and there being much more investment, etc.? And, you know, I kind of argued the point that a lot of the players in some of the African teams are all playing for some of the big Premier Leagues around the world. But a lot of these players are now playing on international stages throughout the year and they're getting the experience. I mean, some of the people they're playing against are teammates, you know, in, in, in Chelsea or Manchester United or, or, you know, in one of the Bundesliga uh, teams. And they're now facing them head-to-head, representing their country. 
Well, you're absolutely right. And I think that the, the recruitment through Africa by these big teams and by these big leagues has really stepped up. I think they're understanding the athleticism and the quality that young African stars are having. And they're picking them up at a very young age and then allowing them the freedom to play on the biggest stages in the world. So you're 100% right. Yeah, yeah. Well, Jeff, listen, great to catch up with you again. And uh, I'm keen to see how this round of 16, what, what, what comes out of that. We're definitely going to catch up again to chat about the quarterfinals, the semifinals, and then obviously the, the final itself, which takes place on the uh, 18th of December. Jeff Grundling, our man with the eye on the ball, uh, keeping us posted on all things uh, FIFA World Cup. And it's always good to hear from you as well, if you're listening, what your thoughts are on the World Cup, how things are progressing, which team will make it to the end. But uh, with that, a quick look at the time. And it's time for us to take a quick musical break. And we'll be right back after this. Online. On air. Anywhere. Anytime. This is the Santon Times Hour. Well, you've been listening to the Santon Times Hour on Mix 93.8 FM with a song that is barely a year old, Elton John and Ed Sheeran, Merry Christmas. But I think it's a good track. I enjoy it. It's catchy. Taking us into the last minutes of uh, this week's show, and I promised you a few festive notes of things to do and see uh, at almost no cost in and around Santon. Uh, kicking off with the Melrose Arch lights. I don't know if you've been to Melrose Arch, but they've got these awesome lights that they do every single year. And I mean, lights in 2022 in general is just exciting. I mean, with load shedding, we're just excited if any light goes on. But now there's Christmas lights. And these Christmas lights, I think they do stay on during load shedding as well. So take the kids, take the family. There's also a great Christmas market they've got going. So you can do a little bit of shopping and then you can take a really great walk. I mean, it's much longer than it was, I think, the previous years. This one's almost like a kilometer of festive lights and uh, the kids are going to love it. Uh, I think the whole family's going to enjoy it and you can go check that out. And then Santon City, well, they've got their festive city up and running and I actually took a bit of a tour of that this past weekend. So they've got Santa Claus, if you can take a photo with Santa Claus. Then they've got the Cadbury Generosity Shop, which I thought was a fantastic idea. Initially, when I heard about it, I wasn't quite sure what to expect. But what it is, is that you take a gift, a book, a, a plush toy, something that uh, a child that you know doesn't get Christmas gifts every single year would enjoy and treasure. You go into the generosity shop. Uh, you kind of do a little quick registration, and uh, you then hand over your your toy or your book uh, to one of the uh, promoters working at the generosity shop, and uh, they then go on this whole sort of uh, celebratory uh, ritual where they've you know they they kind of announce that there's something to donate and they kind of climb up this ladder then you smash this button this lit up button and the whole tank or this this container where all the toys get collected lights up and then you climb up the well they climb up the ladder and they put the toy down the slide that uh, then moves the item down into this container and uh, it's it's really fantastic i mean if you've got kids if you want to teach them about giving about uh, the joy of giving this was so cool. I must tell you, it actually becomes a little bit addictive. You almost want to just go and get more stuff and, and keep watching the toys going down the slide. Got to check this out. And uh, you get a chocolate afterwards as well, which is quite sweet. And they've got this really awesome wrapping paper as well. So if you want something wrapped, you bring it there. The one side is just a pattern, but the other side is actually a storybook. And it comes in four or five different languages. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's Afrikaans, English. And then I think it's Tlaasa, Zulu, and uh, yeah. I mean, it's five of uh, South Africa's 11 official languages. It's a storybook. So when you open up the present, you take the wrapping paper. Inside the wrapping paper, there's like a little uh, bedtime story. So you can actually uh, read to your children or they can read it themselves. And I thought, what a great idea. What a great design. And they also wrap it in such a way that you don't tear the paper and you can actually use the paper again and actually read it, which is great. Then they've also got uh, a Lego 
uh, space there. So you can go in there and you can play with Legos. And uh, they've got a whole story of Legos uh, 90 years around. And they've also got a South African flag that you can contribute a, a Lego brick to, which is really cool as well. Then there's a Disney hot air balloon, uh, which has also got a charitable angle to it, where uh, you know the plush toys that are attached to this hot air balloon uh, will be donated to uh, to charities, to kids who won't be getting any toys this year, and at least it'll bring them some joy. And talking about bringing people joy, there's also a Chuckles activation. So if you like Chuckles, those Woolies Chuckles, oh, these are dangerous things to have in the house, let me tell you. I mean, you know there's a packet in the house it, it generally doesn't make it through the weekend. So uh, they've got a really cool sort of interactive thing where you can kind of customize your chuckles. Go check that out as well. And then I know there's also stuff happening at Mall of Africa, Four Ways Mall. And then there's also uh, there's Christmas markets all over the place. I don't know if you've seen this. Um, I mean, every corner has got some Christmas market or some activation going on. So it's a great time to explore Johannesburg, uh, to get out there, to see all uh, the, the, the lights and the wonderful things happening after two years of not being able to do that. And I encourage you to, to make the best of this time as we wind down and as we see the horizon of 2023 and just hope for the very, very best. Well, that's it for another Santon Times Hour on Mix 93.8 FM and is always available as a podcast on Apple, Google, and Spotify. If you want to get in touch, you can email editor at santontimes.ca.za. Connect with us on social media at Santon Times and visit the website www.santontimes.ca.za. Feel free to send through your questions and comments uh, throughout the week or during the show however you like it. Thank you to all our guests uh, who made the time to be on the show this week and also Vincenzo. Thank you so much. Uh, it was great to be with you again for this week. We're almost done, hey? Can you believe it? It's only, what, like two more shows? Three more shows? And then the year is over. So uh, there we are. Thank you to the Santon Times team as well as everyone at Mix 93.8 FM. Thank you for listening and let's connect again next week. That's it for this week. Thanks for listening to the Santon Times Hour. And if you enjoyed it, be sure to share it. 